Hi, folks, and welcome to the Sioux Nation podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Geis, and I want to remind everyone to visit your nearest Sioux Nation location and stock up on products to keep those pesky mosquitoes from taking their first bite of you and your animals. Now, joining me today on the show is Cindy Heidelberger-Larsen. Now, Cindy, you are the Vice President of Operations and Co-Founder of Groundworks Midwest South Dakota Ag in the Classroom. Is that correct? I am. That is awesome. And now, my understanding is the organization began in 2011. Yep. Okay. And We're about 10 years old. Okay, about 10. Perfect, perfect. So you're about, it's teaching gardening experience for students, and it's been expanded to provide an agricultural curriculum for local and regional students in schools across the Midwest. Thank you very much for taking the time to come to the program here. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege. Maybe let's get started with a program that people haven't heard about before. What can you tell us about Groundworks Midwest and South Dakota Ag in the Classroom and what you guys do for students? Well, being that we started about 10 years ago, I think we're one of Sioux Falls' best kept secrets in terms of education and incorporating students and really reaching out into the community. What started with the teaching gardens then morphed into a summer camp opportunity called Yes, Youth Eating Smart, where we can mm-hmm. teach health and wellness. Where's your food coming from? Yoga in the teaching gardens. It was it was awesome. They were doing Star, star Wars yoga. Star Wars yoga? Yes, you can totally do Star Wars yoga out in, out in a teaching garden. Yeah. This is this is a new yeah, level like of experience. The whole lightsaber pose and yeah, really? you just rename your poses. So you're talking about health and wellness from a holistic standpoint. This is delightfully entertaining. I know, right? And then you can get like a little Yoda and like you know totally channel your force. Sweet, <laughs> right? <laughs> My two sons would be all over this. I, I'm loving how creative this is. <laughs> right? It's so it's so off the wall creative. Right. And the teaching gardens really offer the opportunity for a living laboratory concept to take place. And because we had that educational undergirding and mm-hmm. follow through, and I think for any business or any nonprofit, in order to increase your footprint, you've got to make sure that you're delivering and mm-hmm. you're following through on what you're delivering. So we had that. And when the former South Dakota Egg in the Classroom program kind of disbanded, mm-hmm. we had the educational undergirding and we thought, you know, we could take this in a new direction. Rather than doing a one-off or creating a lesson or a marketable that is just random, we said we can create a curriculum, a standalone curriculum mm-hmm. that allows teachers to integrate it seamlessly into their classroom. And that's where a South Dakota road trip for South Dakota Ag in the Classroom was born. So what's kind of your target demographic with this? Do you target specific ages of students or is it more of just the whole... Right now, if I'm looking at the South Dakota Egg in the Classroom piece of it, we've got fourth graders right now for this curriculum. Mm -hmm. Um, It's online and it's digital. And right now, I'm so proud of this. We have 134 of the 149 school districts in South Dakota enrolled. And that's an increase significantly over what we had last year. When the pandemic hit and so many of the schools, well, South Dakota schools shut down, we actually saw a 12 to 13% increase in our student access. So when I go into Google Analytics and I'm looking at enrollment, I I go, that's pretty cool. But then I'm looking at page views and I'm looking at how many sessions. And we were averaging about 14,000 sessions in a week and a half time frame. So, and they weren't bouncing off of that. So I'm looking at all of those and I'm looking at the time that's being spent on them. Mm -hmm. And the students were engaging in that eight and a half to nine minute time frame, which for students in a fourth grade venue, and it's not a YouTube video. Yeah. I'm going to say that's icing on a major cake. Oh, that, that, that's phenomenal to get them to pay attention to anything for eight and a half to nine minutes. Right. I can't get my own kids to do that. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> it just doesn't work. Well, that's that's a really good pat on the back. It is. And it's it's nice to be able to turn around and expand that. And you're going to ask me, so what is this curriculum and yeah, what are they doing? What's going on here? So in, a, in an education field, um, and so often so many of our producers and our commodities uh, really appreciate education, but don't, don't necessarily speak the same language as educators do. So we get to stand in the middle and bridge that gap. So for educators, being able to teach curriculum that meets all of their standards in one fell swoop mm-hmm. is a good thing. So we took the story of agriculture specific to South Dakota and married it to South Dakota history, which is a fourth grade mandate for social studies. Sure. So now you can tell the story of South Dakota and marry agriculture right along with it because they're indelibly linked. So wow. the students virtually go through 22 to 25 different cities and towns within the state of South Dakota, learning about the historical significance of that area, mm-hmm. what has put them on the map, so to speak, and then what is the agricultural influence or commodity or production that is the most prevalent in that area. Sure. And that's what's highlighted. Sure. So like examples of this would include... So if I'm in Mitchell... Yeah. Okay, I'm going to learn about Mitchell, Mitchell's history, the fight to become the the state capital because they were in the mix at at one point. But then the natural progression, because I'm going to take a detour pit stop because on a road trip, Mm -hmm. you take a detour. I'm going to detour to the Corn Palace. That makes sense. Of course, a palace of corn. Yeah. And that leads us to the logical conclusion that the commodity or production will be corn. So they're learning about plant basics. They're learning about corn. We're sneaking some ethanol in there, which then gives us the springboard to turn around and go to Scotland, where they learn Scotland. And now we're talking about ethanol. And now we're talking poet. And now we're talking some of those other concepts. And we just build one on another. Oh, that's that's absolutely... It's mind-blowing. Yeah, really, when you think... (laughs) How you can make those connections, but then also fulfill that need. And I suppose that this is this program's been designed as more of a remote type program from the get-go, is my understanding. Yes, and there's a manual. So there are some schools out there that don't have the Chromebook one-to-one, or there are those teachers in the older generation that aren't as comfortable with technology. Mm-hmm. So they will opt to do the manual. Uh, paper pencil, which we have available. And I have to stress that this is free to the schools. So all 134 of the 449 school districts don't pay a penny for this because so many of our school's budgets are strapped and that those funds are allocated and, and pretty well regulated as to where they need to be spent, that they're not necessarily going to be able to to turn around and, and fund that. So this gets it into the schools yes, quickly. Mm-hmm. Sure. When we look at these lessons, and the lessons are obviously being given by the teachers using the materials that, that you're, we are, you're providing, but the lessons, are they all kind of wrapped in this fulfilling the South Dakota history requirement? Do we have any other avenues that, we've been, that you've explored in the past? Yes. And with that, you've got to hit as many standards as you possibly can. So we try to hit the science standards. So as you're talking about corn and plant production and growth, automatically you've got life sciences and biology getting hit right there. And so you can incorporate math. I'm a language arts teacher by trade, so I automatically am going to put discussion questions in there or I'm going to put writing prompts in there. But the other thing we have to be mindful of is that there are national ag literacy standards that exist as well. And if we belong, if as a South Dakota Egg in the Classroom program, mm-hmm. every state has an Egg in the Classroom program that then belongs to the national organization. So we have to abide by and understand that those national Egg literacy outcomes also exist. 
So we have to meld both the requirements Bingo. that the teachers are seeing for the state of South Dakota with the requirements to be part of the Ag in the Classroom. Check both boxes with the same check mark, essentially. Right. And I know one of the main focus for a lot of our sponsors, our donors, our commodities, mm-hmm. is where is this information coming from and how are you writing these lessons? And that really gave us the springboard because we want to do it in an authentic but real way and making sure that we're telling the true and correct story of agriculture and representing that correctly. As I tell my debate kids that all of their evidence needs to be current, credible, and comprehensive. So we've developed what's called an education working group. And they meet around a specific topic. And I have to throw a a shout out to Mandy Thomas, because from Sioux Nation, she serves on the Sheep Education Working Group that that is kind of one of our pilot you know, babies to see if this works. So this group gets together over Zoom, hopefully in person at some point, and discusses what would they like a fourth grade student to know about the sheep industry. And it's basics. It's got to be really basics because you can't throw everything in the kitchen sink at them. And so they have devised kind of kind of a work plan of what they would like to see that includes vocabulary and and physical attributes and, and soil and soil health and how that impacts um, and growth and, and the sheep industry, and then advises a curriculum writer that's trained in ag and is trained in education to create these lesson bundles. And so then after they do that, that's got hands-on activities and an evaluation. They send that back to the education working group with these individuals that says, yep, we green light this. This is good. We're going to put our, our seal of approval on it. And anyone else that's involved can put their logo. And it's just that added level of transparency and accountability. So maybe let's, let's talk a little bit more about yourself and your role as, as a vice president of operations and co-founder. What, what does that look like within this? Well, one of the questions I was asked is, how many employees do you have? And I will say there are two full-time employees, but we depend on a, a ton of volunteers. So my job primarily is marketing, communications, education, <laughs> helping to run one of the camps. You're a jack of all trades, but it's really, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity because I get to tell the story. Sure. I get to come and hang out with people from Sioux Nation and tell the story and develop even more collaborations and connections. And that takes me further places in terms of, well, how can I use the assets and the attributes that these individuals have to feed into what we're doing here? And how can we be mutually beneficial to one another? Maybe something to build, you know, build off of this is with the producers and the ag businesses that we have in our state. What are some of the things that you would like them to know about this program? The impact, the impact that this is having on students and teachers. And I want them to understand that our educators want to teach the story of egg and they want to do it in a real, approachable and correct way. So that's our job is to gather all of this information so we can be the storehouse hub and crank it back out to them. Mm -hmm. They really want that. The biggest thing that I'm hearing from students, and and it's not just fourth graders that are using this program, which is kind of mind-boggling for me, because there is a a geography class in Belfouche that was utilizing this. And the comments from one of the young ladies that was going through the classes, I didn't know that milk was so nutritious for us. And I'm thinking, you're a sophomore, 16? I, I'm pretty sure that somewhere we heard that milk does a body good the, the and we should pass milk it on. Is the perfect food. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure we heard that somewhere, but until she understood where milk came from, 
And the process, it didn't dawn on her why it was so healthy and the care that is taken to make sure that that product on the shelf is the best product, the safest product, and the most efficiently produced product. They don't get Mm -hmm. that because they're not seeing it and they're not necessarily exposed to that. So we get to do that on a very elementary level and we're not stopping at fourth grade. We're going to look at fifth grade and we're going to look at sixth grade and see what are the natural curriculum segues that make sense in education. It's so intriguing. You say Belfouche and we don't think of Belfouche as an urban area in any way, shape or form. Right. I think that's that's ranch country to me. Yeah. Well, and obviously there's not very many dairies out there. I, I, it appears not. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> But even with that, it would you would think it would dawn upon people. And you would think in South Dakota that this would be a given. Yes, um, and, especially and, in a town like Bell. Right. And, you know, you think about it in terms of even Sioux Falls, that so many of our schools don't look like we all look around this podcast table right now, that there's such a multicultural influence that if you've not been exposed to that and you're living in the midst of Sioux Falls in an apartment or a residential area, you're not exposed to any of that. We don't know what we don't know until we know it. Absolutely. So would there be anything else that you'd like to bring to our listening audience then? I would say that there, uh, the collaborations, I think, are the biggest thing. We want to hear from our producers. We want to hear from our commodities. We want to partner. Yes, we need the funding to be able to do the work that we do, and we always need that, but that we want that close-knit relationship, partnership to be able to tell that story. And we're not just stopping at these numbers. We're going to continue to look and listen. What are the concerns of our producers? What are the concerns of our consumers and our uh, commodities so that we can reflect those to our educators and say, this is the the best information that we can hand you. One other question before we go out. Just a little fun bit. Other than the, the milk is good for you comment, what has been your favorite feedback that you've gotten with this program? I did a yes camp uh, not so long ago, and I went out to a, a hog confinement with some students. So I kind of tie in the egg in the uh, classroom piece of it. And there was a five-year-old student that told me about the importance of manure as it was being used on on the farm and and on the on the fields and he talked about it in terms of seeing the manure go through the slats in in the floor of the barn and then they would take that the farmers would and then turn around and utilize that for fertilizer for for their fields the only way that student would know that that was taking place is that they had seen it they were looking at the hog confinement and where the, the pigs had been had kept, saw the slats in the in the bottom of the floor and was listening well enough to our farmer tour guide to know this is what's taking place. And I just sat back and went, You go to town, kiddo. Boom. Boom. There it is. <laughs> there it is. That's that to me is efficacy. That means we're planting a seed that that we if we water and we tend correctly, we're gonna see the impact further down the road. Perfect. Well, Cindy, thank you very much for the work you do. Thank you. And thank you for taking the time to stop by and talk with us on the podcast. And thank you to all our listeners out there. Y'all take care, folks.